0: Good afternoon, everyone. Uh, CEO update time, number 41. Um, yeah, welcome to Australia, a COVID-ravaged country. You know, we thought we'd actually made it through and now we're uh, yeah, locked down in Sydney, just about to get locked down in Melbourne. There's cases in Brisbane. Adelaide are looking at uh, tighter restrictions. Western Australia's locked everybody out. Um, interestingly enough, I just uh, talking to Jesume about Cebu, and it turns out that in Cebu, the governors turned around, and they're actually sort of basically going to give up and uh, just let everybody get it and uh, fend for themselves. So um, yeah, things on the, on the COVID front are really, really interesting at the moment. But anyway, let's um, let's get on with the uh, with the podcast for today. So number forty one. Let me uh, just remind you all that uh, your advice needs to be fair. That's important that uh, everything's been fair. It's sort of a common uh, logic, but anyway. Current, complete and free from conflicts. Let's uh, let's keep working for that. Hopefully at some point, we don't even have to talk about that anymore because it's just normal. But the other thing I want to remind you all of is the fact that you are important. Financial advisors are becoming more and more important. Everything's becoming really, really complicated. You only have to look at all the things that are going on now with, uh, with COVID relief and, uh, you know the superannuation changes, and you know all the laws that are consistently changing. Our value is becoming higher and higher, and obviously you guys are charging, you know, accordingly. And so you know you need you do need to step up and be that advisor. Look, the first thing we want to talk about is asset-based fees. Um, okay, so um, interestingly enough, with the uh, with the onset of the, the new agreements, we um, I've been talking to ASIC a little bit about asset-based fees and just asking them about um, charging them on annual agreements. And it turns out that ASIC don't seem to have a problem with asset-based fees. So um, it's currently, asset-based fees are fine. And if you want to charge them on a 12 monthly basis, it's, it's all good. The only time that becomes muddy is when we start talking about the code of ethics. Now the code of ethics obviously aren't um, administered by ASIC. They were administered by FACIA, which is now redundant, and it's been handed over to Treasury. And Treasury don't really take over until the 1st of January. In the meantime, you know, Vice Evolution, the licensee, is responsible for the code monitoring. Now, us doing that code monitoring, you know, we can only work on some of the um, uh, the ideas that have been uh, put out there in the in the industry. And a lot of them are saying that asset-based fees aren't, aren't necessarily fair. But at the moment, there's no evidence for that. And so as far as we're concerned now is that uh, asset-based fees, uh, you know, they, they seem to be okay. Um, watch this space and whether a treasury come out and actually outlaw them or change the rules with regard to that. Um, as far as I'm concerned and the, the board's concerned, and, uh, you know, if you want to charge an annual asset-based fee or an ongoing asset-based fee, it's, uh, it's okay. What I'd be saying though is be wary and start be thinking about your hybrid fees and, and that sort of thing in the future because there is going to be pressure on them in the, uh, as things go forward. Code word. Well, There's a code word. Obviously, CPD attached to this and the code word for this one this week is muddy. And so if you write down Muddy and send an email to, to uh, Jude, he'll give you the appropriate uh, points for this. Um, Brooke and I had a meeting um, yesterday with NetWealth, um, Matt Heiner and uh, Rebecca. NetWealth, cool, cool. Come. And when, you, uh, when you talk to Matt Heiner, wow, these guys have really got it nailed. Their, uh, their ideals are, are quite good and uh, you know, they're really looking towards the future. Um, one of the things they are talking about doing is they've got a core offering i'm not sure if you've seen the core offering but their core offering is aimed at uh, clients have less than 250,000. now in that core offering they actually have russell model portfolios amongst others and um, i think the the um, at least the balance option inclusive of model and platform fees is about 71 basis points so it's um it's reasonably cheap Um, The next thing they've they've been talking about is they've got um, an app. Now, they've had an app out for a few years, of course. It's NetWealth, but it's having a relaunch today. So uh, sometime after this, there'll be a a much more functional uh, phone-based app available for your clients who have got a net wealth so have a look at that I know that harp have one as well I not if is works on the uh, on your phone as well but um, it'd be cool to have a look if you've got clients in net wealth jump on and have a quick look at the uh, the new app because uh, Matt Heinert tells me it's going to be pretty it's pretty schmick um next thing I want to talk about is uh, one, one of the things that uh, net wealth have been talking to me about is Zeppo. zeppo is supposed to be a a um, it's, it's a program now I don't, you know you have to have another meeting about it but that's a program that actually links everything together um, all your programs together so what you can do is it's uh, um, it's uh, essentially saves you having to double input things and if you've got data in one location then you can grab that location that that data out of that location and use it in other places without having to re-input it I think that's the best way to, to explain it, but uh, we're waiting to see how it rolls out and what uh, relationship they have with it, but um, hopefully it'll be, uh, be useful and we'll be able to get some access to that. Um, look, The other thing is um, ESGs. Now I know that we had uh, Nucleus talking about uh, ESG at the, um, um, at the PD day. One of the other things about ESGs to, to consider is that most managed accounts have the ability to filter out some sort of, um, to do some sort of ESG filtering. So make sure that um, if you are, you know, if you talk about ESGs with your clients and they do need to filter something, then uh, you talk to the uh, the fund manager about filtering that out. In a lot of cases, they can actually do it, uh, as opposed to the the nucleus option, where nucleus actually you buy the managed fund, and uh, you know you recommend the nucleus option. It gets housed. It's only housed on premium at the moment, but I don't think it'll be very long before it's housed everywhere else. But then, once it's actually up and rolling, then the client can go in at any point in time, and they can actually um, filter out any any ESG things that they'd like. Interesting option for there. Um, next thing on the list: audits. All right, at the moment. Um, uh, Normie and Dan are getting the uh, the files ready for audit, and uh, everybody's uh, Jody's got capacity is quite high at the moment, so we're trying to punch through as many of those as we possibly can. Now, there's a look, there's a few things uh, that are just slowing the process up, and that sort of things, uh, you know, things like there's not being enough stuff in the um, in the file, and there's stuff spread out all over the place. So Dan's having trouble getting it all together. So look, if you can spend a little bit of time looking at your file before you get it to, and make sure the link that you give him actually has, or give give the team is, you know. Works and in there is the file. Now I just sent out a compliance um, podcast talking about files, but you know, make sure your file makes a little bit of sense. And uh, with that, we can actually uh, we, we can deal with it. And take a bit of pride in your files; it's, it's important to us. Now you might get an inv- uh, uh, a uh, a call from somebody called Tal. Now Tal is our new um, the, the new person who's working for Noemi. So Noemi's actually going to take be taking on a TL role in the future. And uh, which means she's going to continue to do the higher level AE jobs, but all of um, my day-to-day things that uh, are originally done and and the audit is going to be done by TAL. So TAL is actually going to be the compliance person, so she'll be the one that actually has the authority to go in and start checking FDSs and files and to make sure things are going to work well. And so the idea is we want to be able to work with you guys to actually make sure that we get TAL, um, you know, your filing and your ability ability to look at it up to date and nice and neat. Um, next thing is uh, agreement. I want to talk about agreements. There's a lot going on about agreements and I've spoken a moment ago about um, the fact that you can charge an asset-based fee on an annual agreement and uh, most of the fund managers will be able and platform providers will be able to collect that. Um, look, enhanced FDSs, there's a little bit of um, you know concern about how many FDSs that you want to give this in this transitional period. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I've had a couple of interpretations saying that uh, you don't necessarily want to give too many FDSs in there because you can only give one during the transitional period. My feeling is at the moment, now I've yet to have completely confirmed by ASIC, but the position that we, at the board are taking is that if you've got somebody on a FOFA agreement, so you're on an ongoing service arrangement with a client and you haven't given them a summation of the fees when you move them over to a new ongoing agreement with the transit in the transitional period or a new annual agreement, we still feel that you need to give them an FDS, and you have to give them that FDS to, uh, you know, to, to just justify the fees that you did chart you've, you've taken over the last period. Now, if it's, you know, half of that period in the transitional period and half of it's in the previous period, we still feel that you're not going to be any worse off if you'd give them all of the uh, the information via an FDS. But look, that that one's uh, one that's under discussion. I'm still waiting on a ruling from ASIC. But the bottom line is that's the position that we're taking at the moment. Um, you all would have noticed in the last couple of, you know, last week, or this week, that uh, we're now being paid monthly. So uh, sorry about the double fees. Um, I've already had a couple of calls going, wow, double fees, and this monthly thing gig is not not so exciting. But uh, obviously this first month has only been a short month, and uh, we haven't had as much in there as we would normally get. But hopefully the, uh, the amount of money that gets paid out is significantly higher, and uh, the pain of having a monthly fee is not going to be in nearly as bad. But um, look, it's gonna give you, it's gonna make your income less lumpy. So each time you get a month, you'll actually get some money and uh, you won't have those couple of quiet fortnights that we used to have. Um, Yeah, so anyway, it's a, uh, it's, it was the, you know, the decision taken by the whole group at the uh, at the NUSA conference. And so uh, now we've actually finally put it to, to bed and uh, it'll take a lot of workload off the team in the, uh, the ops team, especially, because uh, they only have to do this once a month. One thing that they have been talking about is invoicing and make sure that you've got your invoicing game up, to, up on, on point because uh, Jessamay is concerned that uh, she doesn't want to be holding on to um, any money over from a pay period and uh, it's because uh, the invoices haven't been done. Um, next thing is I want to uh, talk about is the PD day. Now the PD day, was Brooks' first PD day, we tried a shorter um, format, and um, you know, tall reports. That was actually pretty good. All those people who actually did the survey, thank you very much. There was some really constructive information in there. You know, a couple of it uh, was quite concise and to the point, and thank you for that. But um, the, uh, the the survey itself was great, and I, I'm really, really happy that uh, some of the people that actually took the time to do it. Um, yeah, I, I, we really appreciate that. One of the things we are taking back is that the breaks were a little bit too long and uh, it sort of ties everything up while you're actually out of the meeting for that period of time. But there's a couple of other things and Brooke will actually get back to you all about that. So um, yeah, it's uh, but again, thank you for that and uh, look, I actually found the PD day really good and I thought uh, Brooke actually did a good job on that one. So uh, she'll probably be getting another one together before the conference just to, uh, to finalize things as well. Um, and there will be CPD for that and Jude will be teeing that up for you. Um, last one i was part of part of the feedback from the uh the day was uh, just an ae update and uh, look at the moment we've uh you know things are going pretty well normally we've actually leaking a few advisors like we've had a couple of retirees and a couple of people um leaving because of phasia, um just purely because you know people have let, met, met that point of their uh, their career where they think well i don't really want to do the extra training i don't want to do the face year exam and i'm going to leave we'll be talking about those further down those people further down the track when they uh we, we could go to the conference but uh, we wish them well um there's a couple of people who just just think that uh you know the face is going to be too complicated and not going to do that most of the practice these are people these are advisors that no longer run practices as such they're actually working in a practice rather than owning one um so uh yeah, there's a couple of changes in that. So our numbers down to about 71 and 41. So 71 advisors and 41 uh, practices. Um, apart from that, we've had uh, a couple more people on in, the, um, in Cebu. And, uh, and obviously, J.D. McInnes is, uh, is, is checking some files. Um, John's way up in the Ulu doing, a, uh, you know, doing his grey nomad thing at the mile. And obviously, Ricky Lee is, uh, is, is still there doing some um, power planning as well as a, a little bit of auditing on the side. But, um, but apart from that, the team's not change, hasn't changed too much more. Obviously, Brooke is, is out, out and about now, and she's doing helping out with a lot of the um, file checks, and she's doing some recruiting. We've got a couple of really cool practices that uh, we're talking to at the moment, and they're looking at coming on in the future. And obviously, uh, we paid uh, you know we've finished paying out our distribution. I think it was just ten dollars sixty five was or eighty five was the uh, the distribution for this year for anyone who had uh, has equity in the license. Um, that was probably uh, you know, a nice period of time. Now, one thing about equity in the license, obviously, if you've been here for over twelve months, and uh, I haven't sent you a letter offering you some equity, it may be that I've overlooked it. So, you can, uh, don't forget to, uh, to give me a call and let me know what's, uh, and, and let me know, and I'll uh, see, see if I can get that agreement out to you soon enough. But apart from that, there's not too much more happening. The, uh, the board's the same. Well, there's been a couple of changes actually. In the, the board and, so the board now consists of Grant, Terry, Anthony Rowe. Hugo Sampson is uh you know and sorry Hugo is uh he's reasonably new to the um, to the board so um yeah anyway um just sort of uh, yeah but a little bit of an update on advice evolution but look if you've got any more questions or if there's um any any information in here that you need me to elaborate on just uh drop me a zoom or uh, give me a call and uh, we'll talk through it but um, yeah thanks for listening <laughs>